Hi, welcome to Carbon Podcast, episode 383. Uh, I'm Peter W. Dawson, and this week I'm not alone, right? Wait, am I alone again? Nah. Uh, <laughs> All right. You did great last <laughs> week, though. Uh, welcome to Carbon Podcast, episode 383. Uh, I am... Once again, your host, Chris Truscott-Brown, uh, back to the land of the living, because, boy, I felt like shit last week. But thank you, Peter, for doing an excellent job. Uh, joining us are also... Jacob. And... <laughs> Zach Jones. First time for Zach. Uh, I think we've talked yep. about you a few times. Uh I don't think you've ever been on unless I was just way too drunk to remember it. I've been on twice before, actually. Have so you? You have a terrible memory. I... Once I was in person back when we could still do these things in oh, person. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was then... thinking of the remote one. Yeah. Okay. I remember you coming over. Oh, boy. My memory sucks. And then... Yeah. And then I, I crashed it once while Jesse was doing it or Jacob. And I just took over for a few minutes. Yes. Yeah, it was me. Okay. My memory <laughs> sucks. This is the first time uh, in a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, we're off to a great start. Uh, Jacob, what time is it? It's, it's um, the theme song. it was the ending uh, <laughs> yeah it should be i have had a lot to drink <laughs> already yeah while you were did, on the toilet did or not what? have a, well yes i was actually drinking while i was on the toilet but i started my drinking okay. long before that uh i did not have a good day i i can't even get into any of it it's just work shit sucked today so i'm just Drowning my sorrows, and here doing another drunk podcast. Yay! Can't wait until you look I like mean, a tired muppet again. Sorry, so go ahead, Zach. So I mean, like that's usually what you do about your problems—just drinking podcasts, right? Well, yeah. 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 We have uh, bets on how long before Chris turns into a muppet. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of my default state. <laughs> <laughs> Sad but true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if we don't have any specific topics we wanted to immediately dive into, I did want to quickly talk about an update from last week. Mm-hmm. Just because I kind of randomly mentioned, because I talked about the Saudi Arabia show WWE was doing and the uh, G1 Climax Finals, where, I'm, where I was kind of like dismissive of one and when like, oh yeah, no, the other one should be good. Man, the freaking Saudi Arabia show was actually probably one of the best shows they've done all year. Which is insane. And, like, the crowd was actually, like, hot for it. Because if you've ever seen one of the other shows they do on their propaganda tour of Saudi Arabia, it's always just like, we're here, we've spent money, but we don't really care. It's a social status thing. Yay! (laughs) Right? In this case, they actually gave a damn about all the matches, and people tried, so it was actually quite entertaining. Although Goldberg did not, in fact, murder Bobby Lashley, even though he promised to. Shocking. So, murder wasn't committed... 
uh, in a televised Despite repeated promises that he was going to literally kill him, it did not happen. It's bullshit. (sighs) Yeah. Disappointing. Broken promises Uh, all around. Wrestlers are pussies now. (laughs) And then the other thing was I mentioned... Prison's a pretty good motivator. Yeah. Especially in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this before. The fucking mad lad Finn Balor, he keeps showing up and like secretly taking photos of himself wearing like LGBTQ plus shirts. And Which like, is amazing I am so shocked in, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, but also, yeah. that's that's pretty bold. Like, you can like people will be out to get you. Like, they take that shit seriously. They're wrong, but I, they still take it seriously. He still keeps going back, and they still don't have problems with him, apparently. I don't know how they... I was surprised, uh, given that we can actually have a conversation about it now instead of uh, it just being a monologue. Again, thank you for last week's episode. I'm shocked that they were actually allowed to bring their female wrestlers. No, they actually had two matches, and like they still had to do the thing where they're like fully covered up, more or less. Like Their faces are clear, and their hands are exposed, but it's like black bodysuits, and they got like baggy clothing over top. Oh, okay. They did a better job oh. of it this time, but it's like it's 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 weird. But I yeah, mean, their usual costumes—it's it, pretty amazing that they're even allowed there. So yeah, their usual costumes would not work. No, no, no. I mean, this was the thing, right? It was a long-standing challenge. Uh, but no, that ended up being a good show. Uh, other stuff's happened since. Uh, but then the other thing was. The G1 Climax, I mentioned Kota Ibushi versus Okada was supposed to be a good match. Fucking Kota Ibushi managed to dislocate his shoulder in the middle of that match. Ouch. It's the main event of your, of your wrestling show. You're 20 minutes in, and all of a sudden you dislocate your shoulder, so the match just has to stop. Yeah, because as soon as a real injury happens, it's like, okay, we take it seriously now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, like I said, like the day one of the tournament, there was a, the big main event was one guy taking on another guy. And it ended with the dude and tearing his ACL, and he was out for the rest of the tournament as well as another yeah, six months. That's a bad injury. Yeah, it's just not good. Sorry, you don't have much context for this, Zach, but uh, hopefully, I've at yeah, least said I have this no vague. idea what's going on. At least, <laughs> hopefully, some of the vague the stuff I've been trying to tell you <laughs> gives you some context for. <laughs> uh, anyway. I, I just one last bit of wrestling thing because I always talk about wrestling on this show, even though no one else, else watches it. Freaking, this, this is You crazy. had a whole episode to yourself I, to get this I only, I only dedicated about a third of it to that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, American uh, wrestling promotion, Ring of Honor, who's owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, basically just shut down. Huh. Oh. Yeah. Now, for those who aren't familiar, Sinclair Broadcasting is like that American co- company that's been slowly buying up all the local news stations and like putting yeah. up a lot of right-wing propaganda on them. They also own a wrestling company. Hmm. And the, now what? they're just like, yeah, it's a, it's a weird... They kind of diverse for the public. Apparently they also bought, like, a baseball network, and then that cost them millions of dollars. So they were looking to offload costs, and they're like, well, this company has been suffering due to the pandemic. Let's just fucking unload them. So they're doing a restructuring now. And they're going off the air at the end of the year, and they're supposedly coming back in April, but it sounds like they're probably done. Because, like, they've released everybody from their contracts, effective either uh, December 31st or, at latest, March 31st. Okay. And they had a lot of people under contract. That's pretty it's shitty. Insane. 
yeah, like that's insane. It's like they're doing great. They're one of the top promotions in the country because they had a TV deal with Sinclair Broadcasting. Like any network that has Sinclair has them on it, and that's like over 500 of the 3,000 stations. I mean, a decent amount of homes. I think it's way over higher than that, though. I think it's over a thousand, and they're just like, Bip, done. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough enough of my niche nonsense. I just had to get it out of the way. <laughs> that is pretty big news. It's like yeah. a huge amount of jobs lost. Yeah, because I mean, it's not just the wrestling talent, right? It's the production guys. Because, like I said, they had a TV well, show. And th- that's what we were talking about: the potential ATSI <clears throat> strike. Uh, it's like. The people that you actually see are the tiniest fraction of the people that actually make it happen. And that's actually one of the reasons uh, Zach is here. Uh, He is one of the people that is essential to making it happen. Um, We were going to talk about something unfortunate that happened recently. I'm sure everybody's heard about it. There was an accidental shooting on a film set, and one person injured, one person died. And firearms are the props department responsibility, are they not? Uh, Not always. Um, So a lot of times what you'll have is an armorer who will work with the props department. Um, and you have a, a professional armor on set who handles all of the firearms as um, any blank fire, things like that. Now, sometimes you have prop masters who are armorers. Um, the one main film that I worked on that had um, basically every character in the film had a gun. Uh, the prop master that I was working with was an armor. So him and I together handled all the firearms on that set. Um, yeah, it's a, a lot went wrong on the set of Rust. At least I, I, I've I been, been to keep hearing a... so many, uh, like not just with the props and the guns, but just corners cut all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to keep a pretty close track of it because it is something that is, you know, falls under my department. Um, and would fall under potentially fall under my responsibility if I were to take on a film as a props master that has firearms in it. Um, the, there's a lot of information coming out so far from reading everything. Um, it seems like what happened was it was a very young, fairly inexperienced armorer who was on the who was on set for that movie. Sounds like producers were cutting a lot of corners cost-wise, and so they hired somebody who was cheaper. On top of that, you had a first assistant director who had previously been uh, let go from a film due to a firearms-related incident, and then it culminated in what sounds like the guns used in the film were taken out target shooting the morning that morning um, and potentially a live round with an actual bullet in it was left in the gun the first assistant director went picked up the firearm from the cart that the guns were on didn't check it 
Um, now, there is information coming out now that he has admitted to the police that he did not check the gun before he handed it to Alec Baldwin. He told Alec Baldwin it was a cold gun. Um, on a film set, cold gun means that there is nothing in it whatsoever. It can't fire anything, not a blank, not a live round, absolutely nothing. The gun is completely unloaded. He handed it to Baldwin. They were rehearsing a scene. The gun was discharged and, you know, killing the director of photography and injuring the director of the film. Which, even as you say that, and that sounds like a pretty good recap from what I've read, there are so many things that went wrong. Like, mm-hmm. th- that should never happen. Yeah, and we, and, no. we don't want to point blame at any specific person, but it really just draws attention to, like, like how important safety is on set and how the responsibilities... And it's... Like, there's supposed to be backups and redundancies of, like, mm-hmm. you know, different through the different positions. It's, and, it's not any one person's fault but it's just there were so many opportunities for so many different people to catch this and so important things that should be done were skipped like five or six or more times and oh yeah it's just bad and this is similar um more information is coming out. Uh, this is more of a local story. Uh, all of us are based in Kelowna, BC. A couple months ago, there was a really horrific accident with a crane collapsing on a construction site and killing several people. Same thing. It's coming mm-hmm. out. It's just like there are so many safeties in place. Like cranes are obviously the arm is extending out so you need a lot of counterweights and it has to remain perfectly balanced as you're disassembling obviously the less weight you have on the front as you're taking it apart you need to adjust the counterweight and like there were hard hats not being worn there weren't trained people on there there were no harnesses it's like so many rules that are there for a good reason were just ignored and each one of them a small thing but it adds up to lives lost so i guess that's really the main point is like it doesn't matter if it's a construction site or a film site or whatever it's just like rules are there for a reason Mm -hmm. and And the enforcement of those rules seems to always like change hands like the responsibility of it like no one no one wants to take on that responsibility of like, oh, I'm the one enforcing the rules. Like in film sets, you get stuck with situations where the director will ask for something and then someone will try to do it for them and the, and they'll they'll sometimes ignore the safety of it because they'll be like, well, the director needs it and if I don't do it, I'll get in trouble. It's like, well, sometimes you gotta be not the bad guy, but that's... Yeah, someone needs to step in there and just be like, look... That's all well and you... good... Don't do this. Yeah. But it's like there's a hierarchy in a politics and it sucks because it's like somebody that is insisting on enforcing the rules, it, even though they're completely in the right, if the director just decides enough of this and is done with them, then now this person that was 100% correct is out of a job. Like, it sucks. That's the reality of it. It's like the whole system needs everybody on board 
on a, in high pressure situations where like you know you're at the end of the day you're running out of either like daylight or um it's the last day of filming you need to get everything you need to get this last big scene or this actor has to go home soon it's like as soon as it's crunch time and all the pressure's on sometimes the safety just disappears it's like yeah like oh we'll, we'll, we'll just like it's just one more one more one more one more and like i don't know the situations of or like how if they were crunched for time maybe on on rust as well and it was just like okay we'll, yeah. we'll just let's just do it and like the the first ad is grabbing the gun instead of the armor or it could be for covid because they don't want too many people in the room so the yeah. first ad is like oh the armor is busy or whatever i'll just grab it off the cart like mm-hmm. things like that just get missed when and, you know there's time constraints and, and pre- pressure yeah and obviously the biggest problem here is somebody lost their life i don't want to like gloss over yeah. that but kind of the the other part of this it's in everybody's best interest not just for lives but for the industry it's like if enough people screw this up we're gonna start getting every movie with cheap plastic guns and like fake recoil and cg muzzle flash it's like we're gonna get shitty effects because some now, bad people are going to ruin it for everyone now that being said um i am i am actually a supporter of not using any real firearms on set um i'm saying that as a person who has uh a restricted firearms license um i like going out and doing target shooting and things like that um but when it comes down to it, uh, the technology is there that we don't need to have real guns on set. You don't need to fire blanks on set. Yeah, you're going to get movies where they might not use the best effects for it. But the thing is, is you can you can go out, you can buy a, a fully metal airsoft gun that looks exactly like the real thing, has the, the right markings on it, has the right name on it. It's a CO2 gun, so it actually has blowback. Um, yeah, fair enough. You can't you can't get it with a with a revolver, um, or as much. There are CO two revolvers, but they're not going to have as much blowback. But the thing is, is they're indiscernible from the real thing on camera. And I guess so. They're you really could, you could. I mean, the you mentioned technology there. Uh, this could start a new thing it would be so easy to get a completely non-functional gun that has a thrown counterweight if you like blast a counterweight it already you you get that kick so yeah i guess yeah to start using those uh what a workshop uh what a workshop in new zealand developed uh exactly what you're talking about um (laughs) for a sci-fi film yeah um yeah, they did this, this little small indie project called Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess but if you want to bring they... up old shit. <laughs> well, it's either that or that. we talk about uh, Ghost in the Shell, right? Like that's what uh, they're best known for. Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but they did, for a sci-fi film, they developed a gun uh, that actually had parts from a reciprocating saw inside. Huh. that they attached a counterweight to. Um, and they built a mechanism uh, so that 
it would eject tubes of brass out the side of it, so it looked like it was ejecting spent rounds. But when you pulled the trigger on it, this counterweight just shot back and forth really fast and had as much kick as a real rifle would. Yeah. Well, maybe not as much, but close enough that it reads on camera. Yeah. Um, and well, they you've got to hold a rifle really firmly. If you just intentionally yeah. hold this not as firmly, then it's going to match. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, you pull the trigger, and this thing just starts going, and it's kicking, and there's a, there's a video of it out there yeah, I'm gonna um, look into on that. what is YouTube channel, I think. Okay, well, maybe uh, then this incident on Rust is the wake-up call that maybe it's time to stop using guns. Yeah, and actually, uh, the television series The Rookie has already announced that they are going to go completely away from using any types of real firearms. That's good. I guess, yeah, I'm I'm becoming more on board with this as we talk about it because you also don't bring sharp swords onto a set. Like, that's an industry that's been around for years. So but I want the kickback mm-hmm. on the sword. Okay. Or the proper swoosh. Oh, you want... Uh, proper swooshing of that. No, you want the gun blade from Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> it's a sword and a gun at the same yeah. time. So isn't it technically a sword that just at the point of impact you pull the trigger and it causes a shockwave? Uh, yes. Uh, in the actual lore of that game, it's more of a... Even though it's it, it looks like a revolver barrel, uh, it, though they actually state it's more like it's a wide like shotgun shell-like blast, and it actually blasts into the side of the blade causing more force on the hit, but only if you have good timing, uh, which is very hard to learn, apparently. This is in the actual lore of the game. They they try exactly. to actually explain a gun blade instead of just like, it's a sword and a gun, just deal with it, which is the correct way to do it. This is why you skip 8 and you go straight to 9. Nah, dude. <laughs> 8 is one of my favorites. Yep. I don't uh... know if it'll pick up on camera, but... I literally wear the ring from eight, like on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I had buddies who had the uh, Lionheart necklace. Oh, I have one of those somewhere. I just don't wear it. I also have a gun blade on my weapon wall. Yeah, I have a weapon yep. wall. Mm-hmm. I'm See, that like, guy. One of the things that, yeah, uh, one of the things that should be clarified as well uh, for anybody listening is a lot of the news articles are saying that somebody was shot with a prop gun. And it's causing a lot of confusion, as a lot of people think that the word prop means that it's fake. No, it was just a gun. Uh, (laughs) It's just a gun. Um, I did did a movie a couple years ago, which, actually, I should talk about this. We had a a gun discharged on set when it wasn't supposed to. Um, That's frightening. So, yeah, just to establish the prop thing. Any item an actor holds, handles, interacts with is a prop. So just just because it's called a prop does not mean it is not a functional firearm. Uh, but we had a situation. Uh, we were filming in West Kelowna um, on a river, uh, specifically at a waterfall. And I'm... What it was, it was supposed to be one actor was down at the base of the waterfall trying to get cleaned, wash their hands. Another actor 
was being suspended from the side of the cliff where he was sitting on a little ledge. We had him all rigged up in a harness and everything. Um, and he's supposed to be sitting watching. They have a conversation, and then the guy on the cliff starts taking shots at the person down below. So we had a Colt Python uh, loaded up with blank rounds. And we Not had given them to the act. For clarification, that's like a revolver, right? Yes. Big ass yes. revolver. Colt Python. Yeah. It is, uh, what's his name from The Walking Dead? That huge 357. Okay. I believe it's 357. Um, it's a big gun. It's a 44 Magnum. Uh, there you oh, go. Oh, no, sorry. It is a 357. Uh, I read, sorry. You were right the first time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, because he was getting sent down the cliff, we put blanks in the gun, we give it to him, he's well versed in the safety around the gun, this is towards the, like, I don't know, last couple days of the shoot, so, you know, he knows what he's doing, we know what we're doing, we, we give it to him, we announce to the entire set that we've got a hot gun on set, which means it's going to be firing blanks. Uh, the first AD's aware, he's announced it to everybody, everybody's been given earplugs, there's a whole list of safety precautions leading up to this. We send him over the cliff. He's all in his rig and harness, and he's sitting there. And they ran into some technical issues with the camera. And so we had to wait. Um, and apparently, in this waiting time, the director became very frustrated with waiting and the fact that we weren't shooting. So while all the crew's just standing around, nobody's been told to put their earplugs in yet because we weren't even close to rolling cameras, me and the props master I was working with were talking to the first AD up the hill, just waiting for stuff to get fixed. And the director decided that he was done waiting, and even though the cameras were non-operational um, and nothing was going on, nobody was recording sound, nobody was recording video, he just screamed out rolling, expecting that everybody was just going to, all of a sudden, everything was going to work. <laughs> and then he yelled out action to the actor on the cliff, who immediately started shooting the gun like he was supposed to do. But nobody was ready for it. Nobody was prepared for it. Nobody had their earplugs in. Uh, I have never heard a first AD scream as loud as he did into a radio than on that day. <laughs> Just yelling at the director. Yeah, because um, that is not cool. No, no, not. And, and this was one of a bunch of safety incidents that happened on this film. Yeah, um, for, for Just for the record, uh, for anybody that has not actually fired a firearm before, shit's loud. Like, you think loud? Yeah. Add more. It's really loud. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is... You Especially know, with a gun that you, size. Like, oh boy. You're, you're going to do hearing damage if you're standing too close to this thing without earplugs. Um, and the worst part is that there were a lot of incidents on that film uh, where safety was concerned, where corners were cut. Uh, we almost gave our lead actor hypothermia. Um, yeah. Because certain safety precautions were not prepared for. It was brought up in meetings and production, and production decided to sidestep it. 
Probably um, ignore it and move on. Yeah. I believe the original plan was because we had to have a male actor out lying on concrete with no shirt on, and it was, I think, minus 10 or 12. Um, and originally, and, and, the and idea was brought up. He had makeup all over his chest and stuff, so it's not like yeah. you could just put a shirt on him to warm him up afterwards. It's like, oh, don't mess up the makeup. Like, like, yeah, he had full body makeup. Uh, the other thing they did is there's a thing in film called a wet down. And it's that at night, uh, asphalt streets look better if they're wet. Uh, it is very inexplicable, but now when you go and watch a movie or a TV show and it's a nighttime scene, look for it. Even though it could be somewhere shot in a desert, the streets will be wet. Uh, just because it makes the asphalt look better. So now we've got a layer of ice on top of the asphalt because they did a wet down on the asphalt. We have an actor in full makeup who's lying shirtless on the ground. Uh, he gets in a position, we're about to roll the scene, director decides he wants to change something, leaves the actor lying on the ground while he's having like a 10-minute conversation with uh, with somebody else on the crew. Um, which I, I'm so hovering above the actor at this point, burning the sides of my jacket, holding a heater over them, which <laughs> also is not safe. I should not be holding a propane heater in my hand, but it's the only way to keep them warm. Yep. <laughs> and... Because heat falls down, I think down, the right? original plan... <laughs> yeah, there's a fight scene, and he's on the ground. and But the original plan was they were talking about having a hot tub on set, like a portable hot tub on a trailer yeah. that they could bring to set to warm up the cast. Not They decided that not they a didn't want to do that. Those are accessible. No. I mean, they're out of my price range, but they're not out of a production price range. No. I mean, yeah, for, for a feature film, that's not entirely out of the question. Uh, but it, it resulted in, uh, I believe, Jesse putting the actor in his car, driving him to Jesse's house because he lived the closest to set, and just putting yeah. him in the shower, and where he turned the hot water on and stayed in there until the hot water ran out. Yeah, um, that's what you have to do if you're really hypothermic. Mm-hmm. There was another much larger incident on that set, but I feel like that's a story for another time. <laughs> Sounds good. I think yeah. Jesse will want to be around for that one. Uh, one, um, one more thing on the rust thing. I'm not trying to make light of it, but a funny thing did occur while talking about it. My coworker and I, we were discussing like when the news broke about like, wow, this is crazy what happened. And wasn't trying to make a joke. He said he was just wondering if after that, if Alec Baldwin carried on shooting or if he had had enough shooting for the day. And I oh. just let that pause oh. and I turn and I look at him and, and, you know, rolling the camera, it is referred to as shooting. He entirely yeah. by mm -hmm. accident made this and I just like gave him the like the the side stare like. Just give it a second and process what you just said. And he was just like, oh, no, no, I wasn't trying to, like... But, yeah, that was a very unfortunate choice of words. Well, I, I know yeah. Zach said he didn't want to bring up the other major incident on that show full of incidents, but on that show, uh, 
fairly decent incident happened, and it took the producers a long time to shut down filming for the day. Everyone on the crew knew full well that we should not be filming anymore, but they were too stubborn to, because it was the last day of filming, they just didn't want to, Well, like... No, I think it, was, it wasn't just that. They were officially waiting from, for the green light from the insurance company. Yeah. Um, because if the insurance company wasn't going to reimburse them, then they couldn't get an extra day of shooting, and they were worried about that. Um, it's like no one, no one's also, in the right mindset also, to work anymore. <laughs> no. Well, and like immediately after it happened, the director was just like, anyway... So let's get the let's get another dolly off the truck and let's start putting down some more dolly track and all the crew were just like, uh, no. Excuse me. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's traumatized and they're just like, keep going. Like, and it, obviously no one no one died on that, but like some people were were hurt, and it's, it shouldn't take a death to stop filming. Like, yeah. yeah. It, but yeah, we're coming up on either what? either we tell the story. Or we move on because now you're just like yeah. dangling. No, we, we should we should move on. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a subject change. Um, but I do. By all means. All right. Uh, let let me let me uh, oh, tell no. you about a game I've been playing recently. Uh, so okay, let me let me ask the field here. Oh hey, there's a stranger in the background. Uh, what's this guy doing? I don't know. He looks like he's off to stuck on a skull. Oh, he probably can't hear me right now. He cannot. No, he cannot. Damn it, I was trying to make him do a spit take. Okay, so for the uh, people not watching the video portion of the podcast, which, you know, is, is exclusive Everyone. to four people. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jesse just showed up. Is he actually gonna like put in a headset or something to try and join, or is he just hanging out? He's just lurking. Uh, yeah. Right. Maybe if he wanted to, he could probably log in on his phone and just listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, let me. Is is anyone here familiar with the Yakuza game series? No. Negative. Okay. A little bit. So the Yakuza game series are this very fascinating series of... Uh, they used to be PlayStation exclusives. They're now a lot of them are on Steam. And uh, what like they have very serious true crime stories with an beat-em-up RPG setting. And then they also have some of the wackiest side stuff to like keep the mood a little light when you're not doing the main storyline. Which I always appreciate. Because, like for example, the latest one I'm playing is called Lost Judgment. And you're playing as a... Uh, private detective who is investigating bullying at high schools in particular bullying that has led to at least one guy to take his own life and then the parent of the dead kid to get revenge on the bully Mm. seemingly stabbing him to death and then burning him alive as you do yeah like it's pretty brutal uh, and they like they go into the whole psychological effects of bullying they go into why people don't stand up to bullies they go into all this heavy stuff this game also has a direct reference to the to the Thirty Rock meme of "How do you do, fellow kids?" Yeah. Because a major thing they do in this game is, as a detective, you're also investigating this mysterious head of an underworld organization that's c- clearly fucking with high school students in other ways. 
Like, they're doing just little things to make them all, like, go off the path of being good, honest citizens. And so you have to in investigate this super conspiracy. And at one point, it requires you to infiltrate a skateboard gang. <laughs> the protagonist is a 38-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, that'll go over well. He, so it's, like, he flat out says, like, I can't just walk up to them with a skateboard on my back and, and ask them how they're doing. <laughs> and then the chapter title is, in fact, How Do You Do, Fellow Kids? <laughs> Nice. Which is just, uh, good times. That's pretty great. Oh, uh, yeah. Beyond that, uh, oh, hang on, Jesse's got headphones on now, but is he gonna also have a microphone? No, he's just giving me a thumbs up, so he's not, okay. Uh, he's lurking. Yeah, I'm sad. Jesse, I tried to make you do a spit take earlier. Actually, I guess I could just, like, talk on his axe recording. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. How well, does he, how, how well does he get picked up? He actually uh, picked up well. okay. Just then, pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah, this is like, like I said, this is a true crime intent RPG mechanic, and then they've got skateboarding mechanics. What else do they have? They also have a cute little Shiba Inu dog, which <laughs> you can then recruit as your sidekick. Well, and when yeah. you access him on the menu, he's called Detective Dog. Okay. And yeah, it's... all right. So my point is, this game is amazing, and I highly recommend people play it. Cool. Yeah, I was going to go on more, but I kind of got sidetracked with the whole Jesse joining the call thing, and honestly, you probably don't need to hear me gush for another five minutes about something. Is, is yeah. that one on Game Pass, or no? Uh, it should be, actually, because it is on okay. Xbox now. Well, it's basically, like, basically the whole series, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Lost Judgment, so it won't be under the Yakuza title itself, but it's... Like, say, like, they use the same maps, they just kind of, like, update it, modify it, and it's a different engine than the one they were doing before the game system, I should say. It's the same engine, but it's like, you know, it's like, they reuse what they have, but they do a good job of it. It's not just, like, a cheap asset flip type of thing. Like Saints Row 4. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of more comparable to that, I'd say. Well, since Jesse is here for the first time in ages... Dude. We have brought up uh, the top thing on the topic list. We have mentioned, like, for the past four weeks that, oh, we can't talk about this because Jesse's not here. What, what would that be? Uh, I've basically said, uh, yeah, Jesse bought an arcade cabinet. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so let's actually talk about your arcade cabinet, finally. So, I, on, I to go, I'm hearing myself backwards at a delay in my head. That is awful. Um, so I, for like my entire life, had this like benchmark of like when I'm an adult with decent enough like success financially that like these would be my this would be my like go to thing like just my thing to do was to buy an arcade cabinet. And so I bought a it, it's it's a new manufacturer. It's an arcade one up machine, but. Um, it's a Midway Legacy machine where it has Mortal Kombat 1, 2, 3, and then nine other Midway games. Joust, Bubble, Rubber Tapper, Defender, Paperboy, Tubin, which I've never fucking heard of in my life. <laughs> I used to play I've heard Tubin, of Tubin all the time. I had it on the NES. Yeah. It's bad. 
Yeah, it's, it's not good. Yeah, that's why I, I played like, why the fuck is tubing on here? You're riding a tube down a river, and you're throwing soda cans at various enemies and obstacles. Things. Yeah. Uh, and there's Rampage. Yeah. Forget a bunch of them, but it's, 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 oh, uh, Gauntlet, stuff like that. Yeah. So that was, it's, I've been playing the shit out of that. Uh, Matara still beats the shit out of me on Mortal Kombat 3. I cannot get past him even on, I even went to the fucking, like, Ed Boon console controls where I could, like, augment the actual coding of the machine, and, um, no, Matara still wins every time. <laughs> well, you need to get good. It's fucking brutal. So, Jesse, you missed, um, or talking about the the rust incident, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it brought up. Uh, I was also told the story of when there was an accidental discharge of a firearm on set, and general safety issues on that set altogether. Uh, we didn't talk about the big one. Figured you would want to be involved for that. Is this every name the title of the film? No, but it's the one I'm thinking of, right? But a truck. Okay, yeah. I was like, I don't remember someone getting punched back. I don't remember that being an issue. Yeah, it's a very fast little analogy. Um, yeah. I mean, God, where the fuck you even start with that? I don't know. Have we even mentioned or alluded this at all, Jacob, on the podcast? Like, I think we talked about and, this when it happened on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's been a couple of years, so I, I, know I have that, a hard time thinking we didn't talk about it. Once, I know that but... you and I have talked about it. I don't know if it was on the podcast or off, but I'm familiar with the incident now that you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So it was TMZ. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like specifically... You know, I I wanted to bring up the what can go wrong on a on a set with firearms and the incident on the cliff. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a fun day with the radio conversations. CD and the director. Yes, that got interesting. I I still have not ever heard Trevor yell that loud before or since. Yeah, I have. <laughs> um, so the incident we're talking about there was a, a film that we were working on end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And we got to the last day with mostly no major issues. There was a firearm um, discharge that that wasn't. It didn't result in anything per se. It was just, no, no, nobody got hurt, but it was still an incident that happened. We did talk about the uh, hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. Um, we made it to the fucking last day of shooting, day twenty or twenty-one or something like that. Yep. And the first shot we set up on that day went wrong for so many fucking reasons that looking back, it's like, it's funny, actually, Jacob, this came up on the movie we just did where you averted a scenario using that experience. Yeah, yeah it was, I, so I saw the setup, took a photo, and sent it to the group chat, and was like, yeah. does this look familiar to anyone? So what happened in this is and, there was a... And then I freaked out. A, yeah, and you rightfully let people know, and it was shut down. But and and the they were... They were the other movie. To clarify that, too, Zach sent a message in the, like to us, but they were we were in the middle of nowhere, and I was not on site, so... And I could not get a hold of anyone, because there's no cell service. Yeah. So that's why I was very much distressed. <laughs> <clears throat> so this is an incident that I know more in review because I wasn't at set when it happened. I was at Circus, which was like a minute away, but I was overhearing on radio. 
You were on set. I was standing like 12 feet away. Okay, and Jacob, were you on set for that? or? I was on the road worrying about that side of safety. So my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we had the dolly crossing a parking lot. The car was supposed to roll to a stop in front of it, and the actor was supposed to get out. We're supposed to see their feet. It's the first time we're introduced to it, and the camera kind of comes up, and there's the actor. There's the character, right? So yeah. car pulls up. Classic the grill, shot. Door opens. They step out. It, right. It's the reveal because, you know, it's a it's a bigger name actor, and it's supposed to be like, oh, shit, he's he's the he's the guy in town. Like, this is his yeah. first scene. And we did simplify it. it like, it, <laughs> it was on a, a, like, municipal highway that we were um, – it was supposed to be driving down the highway and then turn in to the to the location, but then we shortened it and then we shortened it again, shortened it again to the point where it wasn't coming off the highway at all. It was already on the property and just moving about yeah. 10, 15 feet. It was, it was basically let your foot off the brake, let it coast, and then brake again. Yeah. yeah. No acceleration, just... It, it was about 30 feet in total. The truck was supposed to pull forward about 30 feet, stop, actor gets out, actor walks inside of a diner. Um, now, some backstory to this, and which was one of the factors to this incident, is that the actor had injured his foot um, on the previous movie he'd been working on and had to wear a foot brace. Now, in order to hide the fact that he was wearing a foot brace, uh, the costume department had to buy bigger boots for him. So I think he was wearing like size 15 or 16 boots. Yeah. Oh boy. Cowboy boots. So what happened here is he let his foot off the brake, coast, went to hit the brake, and it caught the accelerator at the same time. Is that our understanding of it? Uh, no, I think what happened is he had initially put his foot on the gas to move the truck forward. And then when he went to go press the brake, um, his foot got stuck under the brake pedal and still on the gas pedal. And so instead of braking, he floored the accelerator. And mm, drove that... through the dolly and video village on the other side of the dolly. More specifically, is... he the truck drove through the dolly over the dolly track. The dolly got pushed underneath the... kind of wedged underneath the front of the truck, which then... The uh, first assistant camera, who are the ones who focus the camera, uh, the truck hit him. Um, really what probably helped him was the fact that the dolly was wedged under the front of the truck, so he couldn't go under the front of the truck. So he had his arm up on the hood of the truck and was now being pushed. And then it got pushed through the Video Village tent. Video Village is where the monitors are set up for the director, the script supervisor, the producers, whoever, to watch what's being shot. And so that he then, now this uh, first assistant camera is stuck to the front of the car being pushed forward. He gets pushed through the side of the tent where the other um, focus puller, the first AC is, as well as the script supervisor, the producer, and I can't remember if the director was in the tent. Um, as well as a propane heater with an open propane tank. They got wedged under the front tire of the truck. Mm, um, <laughs> and so I was, I was standing about 15 feet back from this. 
and just watch like all of a sudden the truck's coming in real slow and then you just hear the engine rev and plow through everything plow in the village which is when i became aware of the situation because on the radio someone yelled first aid first aid first aid person responds and they say hey a truck just drove through village that's my cold open to the situation. And you're just like, so I fucking oh good, run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't sure if not that it was better or worse. I wasn't sure if like Jake was alluding, someone went off the highway and full speed of the highway went through village. Yeah, because I had two people yeah. on the highway watching both mm-hmm. sides of the highway, and I was on the entrance to the property making sure if anyone got by those two people that I was there with a vest, stop sign. So I wasn't looking at the situation. I was looking at the road, and then as soon as I heard screaming, turned around, and just saw chaos. Like, and, like, it, it, it's kind of... This story's relevant because... The three of us on this podcast, for sure, but almost the entire group has talked that moment to death and figured out, like, what would could we have done to avoid that? Like, what was the smoking gun, per se... And there's so many problems with that moment. The the yeah. the wardrobe thing, the rushing to get the shot done, so not practicing with the actor, putting a moving vehicle towards both camera and village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these are things that we weren't at the time considering. Just and I'm yeah, not. I don't know if you guys were talking about rust. I'm not in the but, industry, but if my lead actor is unable to drive properly like the foot brace like he can't drive properly could you not just get a stunt driver to pull it up and then cut to the driver like the guy in the that was one of one of the things like they were pretty insistent on a particular shot that could have been avoided i think the other thing though is like it wasn't that he couldn't drive. It was the modification to his wardrobe to it, for it to look good was the problem. I actually have had that. You're putting a boot over a foot brace, right? I have had that in that I got, at some point a few years ago, a new pair of work boots. These were a little bit, like, I work in an automotive shop, so I need steel toes. Uh, these were a little bit bigger and chunkier than my last work boots. And I did actually, I went to start a standard. I did catch the gas when I put my foot on the brake. And as soon as I fired it up, it was like the clutch was still in. So it was no problem. But just like, holy shit. Nope. Get my foot over a little bit and off that pedal. But like all that took was just a slightly bigger pair of boots, not a gigantic pair of boots. Like that would be hard to drive for anybody. Yeah, but yep. it, it, but that's the thing. Like, like with the articles, and I don't know if you get what you guys have already talked to about the whole Alec Baldwin thing, but there isn't one thing wrong with that incident. That's, that's what we said. It's like so it took yeah. too like, many. If I'm going to list, just sorry. Well, that yeah, we went over it. It just took too many little things to turn into a huge thing. I mean, like, why is there a live round on? Said, why is there a gun that can fire a live round? Said, why the fuck did the first AD give the gun to the actor and not the processor yeah. or armor? Yeah. Why? And this one's the one I've never brought up. Why the fuck was there anyone on the other side of that gun, blank or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Is like, like it, it's, I, I've even been in shoots when you where have... we're, we're having a gunfight in an open field, and I go to the location manager. We can go, hey, what's a mile of that direction? 
Because yeah. we need to know what a fake gun is shooting a fake bullet in a direction that might hit a fucking farmhouse or yeah. something. And yeah, even camera angles we have... are easy. You you never fire at camera. You fire like off at an angle. So even you always assume. Here's the thing: you're assuming who's firing towards the camera. Who was shot was the director of photography. Who uh, does anyone know who? What her name is? Uh, it's Helena. This is the biggest thing that's bugging me about these news articles is we keep talking about Alec Baldwin shooting someone, but no one wants to bring it up. Uh, I can't remember Honestly, her last name. I feel, I feel terrible for the injured director, obviously the friends and family of the actual person that got killed, but I feel terrible for Alec Baldwin. Like, can you imagine how he feels? Like, it's... I can't say he did nothing wrong, but it's certainly not his fault. I feel bad for the first AD. I feel bad for the armor. I, like, there's... At the end of the day, just, if you there fuck are, up... That's, there are rules in place that, but... to prevent this. Yeah. Uh, her name was yeah. uh, Helena Hutchins, by the way. Hutchins, yeah. thank you. But, like, I... I it's, what's going to bug me, and this has actually been making me, like, angry the last couple of days, is we've, we're talking about this, we're talking about this, we're talking about how we need to change set safety and how... Like, a bunch of people are now mandating that no live guns can be used on a set. It has to be, you know, airsoft with muzzle flare and, and post and stuff like that. Uh, Zach and convinced me on that. Me I'm of, on that side now. But, yeah, which is totally correct. But this reminds me of the whole Sarah Jones things and how everyone really got rallied on that. And then I'm still seeing people make the same fucking mistakes. Like, Sarah Jones was, a, I believe, a first or second AC on... Uh, Midnight Rider, and they went and shot on a train track. Mm-hmm. They didn't have permits for it. They did not control the railway. They shot specifically on a bridge with a dolly. Train came through, and was trying to get their gear off, trying to get off, and uh, Sarah Jones was either clipped by the train or clipped by a piece of equipment that hit her. I do not remember, and I apologize for that. But everyone made a big deal about, like, we need to be more safe. We need to take steps. We need to make sure that we're not rushing or taking or cutting corners and then this happened or uh, the next day after this fucking happened on our film set i had to keep people from walking under a fucking genie with cones around it all the time because yeah. mm-hmm. like oh i just move through it's like fuck you we just had a moment of silence at the beginning of crew call today and talked about how if you need to take longer take longer and people are fucking running underneath a genie that's lifting a giant like fucking 10k light yeah and a softbox above them and they're like oh no we're, we're gonna be safe and it's like I hate the lip service that set safety gets. I'm also yeah. mad if I'm going to go on a fucking rant here about how people are now pissing, having a pissing contest about, well, if it was a union crew, this wouldn't have happened. And I've worked on full union shows, and this 100% would have happened. Mm-hmm. In other yeah, news... Uh, this whole situation is frustrating. Yeah, in other news, speaking of frustrating, um, here's a shocker. Uh, Donald Trump and family are pieces of shit... Uh, Donald Trump Jr. is selling shirts in support of NRA uh, that says guns don't kill people. Alec Baldwin kills people. Holy oh, it's, boy. It's a thing. It's, that has to be a suitable offense, right? That, I would think yeah, so. There has to be a lawsuit there. Like That's, that's yeah. I know it's not news that the Trump family are all garbage people, but that's just like, reprehensible. 
Jake's like, I need to see this add to cart. Now, on that note, apparently... <laughs> no, I, uh, I just, like, right. like, it seems like something that's... Like, I know how terrible they are, but, like, it seems like something that's just like so bad that, like, I can't even believe that they actually did it, so I need to see this article. Who who does what website? Tell me the website. Where is the where is the shirt? Well, but, I'm always but, like on, skeptical. Of, yeah, you know, Zach is trying to talk, but... Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, you keep interrupting me. What? What you do <laughs> all day, every day? That's that's all I do. I'm not even on the radio at work anymore. Every day he's disrupting. Nope. Oh my god! No, nope, that did not work. Real. Zach, please go on. As I was saying, uh, because you brought up the NRA, uh, a ransomware company has gotten a hold of all their internal records and is currently holding it for ransom, threatening to post it all online if they don't pay up. I mean, if we're going to learn what successful companies make on Twitch as if it's any of our business, we definitely should learn about NRA secrets. Knew it. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess if I, it's I mean, gonna be leaked, I have to tell you guys. Uh, lifelong member here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> actually, if anybody wants to do some really interesting reading, uh, read up on the NRA coup, um, where essentially they used to actually be uh, a legitimate organization um, that helped out with insurance and things for gun owners, um, taught gun safety. And then there was a coup where a group of people took over the NRA and kind of turned it it, into what it is today, which is a lobbying group. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I remember hearing that. Back when they had Charlie Heston. Uh, Peter, I know know that was an educated information, but I feel like with most, like, like, like American lobbyist type groups. If you just said that was in the seventies, right? You are ninety nine percent correct. I <laughs> know uh, a lot of that was the eighties. Okay. Reagan. Oh um, yeah. yeah, fucking Reagan. What uh, Reagan? The actor? Yep. We would like to congratulate Drugs for winning the war on drugs. <laughs> yep. What time of year is that, by the way? Uh, about 57 or so. We're getting close to the end. We're about at yeah. time, but okay. does anyone else have any any last thing? Uh, have you guys been an extra life plug yet? Or, no? Not yet. No, we haven't Why actually done one yet. Yeah. We're like a week out and you guys weren't going to do an extra life plug? What the we fuck? We were. We didn't do it yet, so do you want to... Yeah, you asked if we didn't do it. I'm wearing the fucking shirt. Yeah. They can't hear your shirt, Peter. <laughs> well, now they can. You can. And the and the and the video listeners will yeah that makes sense video listeners they'll know. Yeah, I hear Hang on, I can't hear you. No. Chris, go pitch. I was asking if you wanted to. Okay. I'm I'm not hearing it. <laughs> sure. So, coming up in just a little over a week on November sixth, we are going to be broadcasting. For 24 hours, plus uh, daylight savings time, so 25 hours, in support of BC Children's Hospital. Yeah, it's back. Yeah, yeah, we missed it for one year. Uh, It's back now. So, yeah, 2 o'clock happens twice. 
but we are going to be raising money Spooky. for BC Children's Hospital uh, by making fools of ourselves in public. So, for more information, check cbextralife.live slash donate. Uh, you can find our full schedule, which Peter actually went into really good, great detail last week. Uh, so, listen to that episode if you want to hear it rather than read it, but uh, you can check out our full schedule, as well as, more importantly, donating for this great cause, because none of us get any money, it all goes to BC Children's Hospital, and... They need help. Wait, I don't get any of the money? No. I'm actually yeah, we going to take money from you. And now you've really it's, just made this awkward and uncomfortable. It's for the kids. We'll get you plenty of honey. And he's basically a man. <laughs> you, can, you can have these Smarties when we're done. <gasps> smarties. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's... Actually, I was, I was doing the math today because like, I'm now in Hard Actual Life Crunch, which is... I was in the last couple of podcasts because I was working on a shoot but then also this next week and a half i actually took like my calendar and i made sure like, there's a bunch of things i have to get done video editing wise and asset wise and i wrote like okay i need to at least do one a day and then it, it filled up my entire week and then started to loop back over and i was like oh <laughs> 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 there's a lot of things to do still yep. um but yeah our goal is most canadian this year it shows up as eight thousand on the website because it's uh u.s dollars but ten thousand yeah. Canadians is our goal uh, and I actually tallied up our entire fundraising for the last seven years today, oh. uh, which were at thirty-two thousand three hundred some odd. I don't remember the exact number, nice. but just over thirty-two thousand nice. dollars over since twenty fourteen. Mm. The first year we did a hundred and eighty dollars. Ah, the first year you. There was no <laughs> we. Yeah. Well, yeah. How did the mustard in your fridge taste? No, it was uh. Was it mustard? No, it was milk, fireball, and... Orange juice. Uh, orange I knew it was juice, an M word. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made a cocktail. Zach has a face, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's, like it's been a minute. Tell that story again. Uh, so for my first year, I had one of my incentives where it's like every $25, I would do three shots of fireball, because I did this with less than 24 notice and thought, no one's going to donate. Um, and I got $150 at once. Uh, so I did that much fireball, except for I had, I think it was either 100 or 150. I said someone could, whoever tips me over could make a mixed drink out of anything in my fridge in a highball specifically. So it wasn't like a huge, it would be a third, third, third. And my cousin chose fireball milk and, uh, orange juice. And I drank it. So and citrus and dairy. Point, That's great. Conscious. And then you add a disgustingly sweet alcohol to the uh, the curdled mess. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, he, that was the other kicked off for throwing up. He actually. <laughs> he actually drank it and yeah. then uh, almost immediately threw up, right? It didn't take long. Oh, no, no. I, I, tanked, I tanked it. Then I fell asleep for like an hour, live still. Uh, yes. Internet. Oh, yeah, the broadcast was still going and uh, like I was about, I was watching the broadcast and it had been a while. I was, like, about to get in my car and go, like, doing a welfare check. And it's like, because yeah. he's, he's passed out, but just slightly visible in the corner of the frame. And it's just like, 
if you get the right angle, like, you can see he's still breathing, but th- then you start to wonder, it's like, is he alright? Like, <laughs> I was very nearly yeah, so gonna go do a welfare check for you. I woke up and I was like, I should probably turn the stream off. And I stood up, and it was the first time I'd stood up in about eight hours, uh, and I was drunk. And, and you don't say. I just passed out, knocked the connect off, and fell on the ground, I fucking threw up in a bucket, and then hit end stream. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I did it all for the kids. How have I not heard this it's... story before? I. That's yeah. yeah. your one, baby. It's... You, you, hide, you hide it by just constantly talking about Matt throwing up. Because he ate a piece of melon. That's why he threw up. <laughs> uh, no. He only ate a piece of melon and drank God, Matt's an idiot. all of the alcohol. <laughs> and McDonald's. <laughs> Is the blender incident? To be fair, the reason he threw up is because he had he had bun at McDonald's and he only he did it on an empty stomach because he only had a cube of melon for breakfast. And yes. like Matt, you threw up because you drank McDonald's. Yeah. Regardless of when it happened. Also, he threw up in um, the sink, didn't he? Yep. My well, he got a different year. He's thrown up several times. Yes. I'm hoping to recreate that if I can. I because well, he threw up, and I remember him trying to clean it up, and Jamie being like, "You need to leave and just let yeah. me handle this." <laughs> I like have he's kind of like not, down down the drain. I don't think that I've actually thrown up during extra life, but I did have to run to the toilet because when I did the uh the beer boot, it was so Oh beer boot, yeah yeah. Yeah, it was so much foam. It was literally it wasn't vomit, it was just foaming up out of my mouth where I had to go spit it into the toilet, so it's like I wasn't puking, but I definitely did project <laughs> out of my mouth into the toilet, and it was just beer foam. Are you going to throw up this year, Zach? I'm going to... No. <laughs> I, I, my goal is to not. But just out of curiosity, has there ever been an extra life incentive that involves somebody having to drink a large volume of laxative and hold it as long as possible? No, because that's no, dangerous. That, oh, I agree. That that's is genuinely dangerous. Actually dangerous, because... Yeah. You, uh, I will tell a good Deepak story now, right now, though. So. Uh, sure. If it were over time, but who cares? Yeah. Deepak, AJ, and our friend Dawson were hanging out. I think our friend Raymond might have been there. Anyways, people. And this was in, like, middle school or like, grade 8, grade 9. And we're just walking around, biking around. Rutland, as you were as a kid, as you do, you just fucking meander around. For clarification, it. because it's been a hot minute, Deepak is somebody that used to be regular on the podcast. He's moved on to do other things, so, like, if you've only just started listening recently, you he's, might not have heard it. He's going to be but... much more successful than we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, anyway, so we're, we're, we're hanging around, and we go to Shopper's Drug Mart to get, like, candy and pop and shit at some point Dawson and AJ slip away mm. they come back and we check out and whatever it's fine we go back to I think Deepak's house and we're all eating our snacks and they're eating chocolate and then they offer Deepak some chocolate and he eats it and then they all start really laughing and what they had done is they'd taken a chocolate oh, no. bar broken it in half mm. put Xbox <laughs> in the front and then no. had real chocolate back. So they were eating from the back chocolate and then offered him X-Lax. That's evil. No. 
See, now there is. So funny. I, I agree. Like, for proper laxatives, take the doctor doctor recommended amount only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a mixture that exists that is meant to help induce labor. Um, one of the main ingredients is castor oil. Now, this is a thing that doctors will doctors and nurses will tell women to drink if they're trying to induce labor. I know this because uh, my my wife did it when when we were trying to induce labor for a second daughter. Yeah, I have kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, people do, Jesse. He's got kids. He's got kids. It is a concoction uh, that has been deemed safe to drink. Uh, but the way that it induces labor is it just causes you to vacate everything in your bowels and start contractions. So that technically is something that somebody could drink with not a huge risk. Zach, why do you want people to shit themselves on the live stream? Like, like I understand you're you're really trying to walk us through this, but like you really want someone to just shit themselves on the internet. I think you want somebody no, to have a kid. Like, I think it would be really, I personally would be entertained by watching somebody just squirm in their seat, trying to see how long they can hold it before they have to, Here's fuck, like, two, I have another question. Here's two problems, but Peter, go ahead. So th- if this happens, does this mean Hideo Kishima's directing Extra Life this year? Okay. Two problems with this. One. Watching somebody struggle is fun. If they fail, not fun. <laughs> problem. We we've got just a big problem hey. on a live stream. Zach, if you want to come to life and shit problem. yourself, go right ahead, dude. But do Second, not put that evil on us. Uh, <laughs> secondly, laxatives aren't like okay. Now you poop and you're done. Nah. That shit, literally, that shit lasts forever. a while. It's like the Colonel in Monty I mean, Python. Yeah. He just comes out, drinks castor oil, that ends the sketch. Yeah, I did. But have... We also like check in and be like, "Oh, it's hour seven. How's Zach doing on the pooping problem?" <laughs> I did have. We have the poop cam. I did have for a medical stop. reason. Uh, they needed to do some kind of skin it was similar to an ultrasound but like an ultrasound they need you to be full of liquid this for whatever reason needed me to be completely empty so i had to like the day before this procedure uh like swallow four laxatives and then immediately like uh well about 20 minutes later uh two laxative suppositories so yeah i put those things right up there uh boy that wasn't fun that ordeal it took about an hour to kick in and it didn't stop for like 20 hours it sucked (laughs) it was it was bad it was bad news we don't want to do this on the stream so basically, yeah, uh, no, Zach, is the answer to your question. Uh, I've not done this, nor will we. <laughs> I thought it might be interesting. I mean, you go right ahead. <laughs> Anyways, join us on November 6th where we don't shit ourselves. <laughs> I mean, we can't we can't make that promise. We won't be taking laxatives. Sure. That's all I can give you. <laughs> If Zach's there, he's suspicious. You witness an unplanned moment. A rare 
improv beauty. I'm not gonna drink <laughs> anything. I'm just not. I'm just gonna. Just I'm gonna be turned around. Poison me the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach is a shady-looking character. Meanwhile, I've been talking with Jamie while we've been doing the podcast about breakfast. Yeah. Are you guys gonna make a shit ourselves? Um. How do you feel about eggs? What about eggs and Heineken? Eggs and now you're Heineken? talking. Okay. Eggs and yeah, eggs uh, and Heineken. Heineken's not a wheat beer though. No, it's a lager though. That'll work. Yeah. I thought it was supposed to be wheat beer. Oh, wheat beer or a lager is fine too. Okay, I'd prefer a lager. Bavarian breakfast. Because I was confused. Yeah. We're having a Bavarian breakfast because I was confused while we were talking about. Yeah. Wheat beer, wheat beer in the morning. But uh, I think that'll do. We're at time, and Ooh, I still have I to put I can say something this... exciting, though. What? There's a video coming out Thursday, next Thursday, for Extra Life. The Batman and Robin video. Finally! Oh, finally! <sighs> what is the Batman and Robin video? Thank you, Zachary. Our last out incentive from last year. We did a full table read of the Batman and Robin script. You told me about this? Yep. It's taking me a while to edit because it, it took us like five hours to do over three recording sessions. Yeah, over it's Discord. special. It's a, it's, it's, it's big. <laughs> I can't decide which one I like more. The part where we convinced Nathan to play Barbara is British because it was implied she was supposed to be British in the <laughs> script. Or the part where I forgot that I was going to have to do an impression of myself but it was it was a character I was already doing a silly voice for, so I had to do yeah. a silly voice impersonating <laughs> my silly voice. <laughs> I think my favorite one is that I do not remember the line. Bane does something. It's, Bane, I'm not going to say it, or Chris, maybe I'll say it so we can remember and you can bleep it out if you want to look at a timestamp here. I don't. Because um, I wanted to be surprised in the video, because it, it took us by surprise. <laughs> it was the the actor action of... Uh, Bane Batman. <laughs> oh, right. And none of us. We all fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every one of the, on that recording just my... goes, I'm sorry, because I'm, I'm, I'm reading all the, the action, and then everyone's like, I'm sorry, what just happened? <laughs> one of, uh, one of my favorite things, I don't know if it comes through, because I think we just have the final take, but Maybe if we can have a few of the ones that didn't work. Jamie's first line as Mr. Freeze, the word copsicle is just, it's impossible. It doesn't pick up for whatever reason. The microphone kicks out the Discord, the Discord every time. Removes that word. It, she, she just couldn't say the line copsicle, which he says when he freezes a cop. Like, what was it? Like six takes? Uh, everyone else could say that word. She couldn't. She could say any other word, no problem. But her saying the word "copsicle," nah, <laughs> no. All that came through was all that came through was pickle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we tried so many times, and like I was disappearing, and I was over in that room, like trying to help her with a recording setup, and just was like everything was correct. It just didn't yeah. work. So I'll I'll be curious to see how copsicle turned out in the final product i might i might do because i'm almost on the 
final edit, I might actually go through. I've, I've cleaned it up, so, like, it was about five hours, but that was because people would, like, we would take breaks, and then there would be, like, something like dead air. Someone's, like, getting back into saying their line or whatever, and I've cut it so it, it runs super smooth throughout. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not it's not the full five hours. It, it's cut down, but it, it's all the kind of ums and eeks. Like, I've... I've Still probably at least like four the, hours, I would imagine, yeah? I think it's three-something at this point. I'm going to okay. go through and just do a final pass to see if I can clean it up more. But Now, as a sequel to this... Oh, I've got an idea. did somebody have... An AI write a Batman script. That would be incredible, but I yeah. wasn't aware of this. I, I believe there exists on the internet. Somebody ran yeah. all the Batman movies uh, into an AI and had it write its own Batman I script. I haven't read it, but I have heard about this. The, the origin of this idea for last year's incentive, though, was because I wanted to do... It was Suicide Squad, right? But I couldn't find a script for it. I couldn't I'm sorry. find... Sorry, Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad. Thank you. Um, but I couldn't find, like, a, a... The only script I could find was, like, a transcript of the edited film, which I didn't want. I wanted, like, the production draft, which is what we got from um, Batman and Robinson. There's, like, cut scenes that actually make the movie make more... Like, there's... Yep. there's you, know, you know when she's in the car suddenly and Bane's in a trench coat with a hat and is like, hello? Yeah. There was an explanation in the scene of how they got in that limo and where that costume came from. And yeah. it's in the script. The script for Batman and Robin, way better than the actual movie. But still not good. Let's not fucking call some bullshit here. It's still not good. But anyway, we're going to wrap up, but I do have... I, I do know what movie we're going to do next time. Interesting. I've told you about it. Yeah, but I rarely listen to you, so. Oh, oh yeah, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just it to me. Uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Jacob, what do we do now? We keep talking for another hour. You're fired. Outro. Three, two, four. Lipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass, tailpipe tread like grease and chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber. Okay, so I'm looking at the bomb, and I see five wires. Jacob, what do I do? You outro. Alright. Wait, did I mess it up? Yes. I was trying to do a keep talking and nobody explodes joke, because you said keep talking. Damn it!